Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me in today's episode. And I'm excited you're here because we're going to talk about a topic that is uh, very top of mind and very applicable uh, based on the time of year that this podcast episode is being published. We're going to talk about how to estimate the calories in food. The reason this is so timely is because, well, we're at the beginning of the holiday season here. Uh, Thanksgiving is about a week away at the time this episode is published. And I'm going to guess <laughs> once Thanksgiving rolls around, you're going to be in a lot of situations from then till the end of the year where uh, you're not going to be able to track 100% accurately. You're not going to be able to know exactly how many calories uh, you are putting in your mouth at each meal. And if you missed the previous episode where uh, I talked about how to not gain weight on a holiday, I would highly recommend you check that episode out as well because I dove into a lot of details and context about just how to approach the holiday season. And one thing I'll mention here, uh, and I'll be short about it, is that I don't think you should be going into, say, Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas or New Year's or anything like that with the thought or the plan of meticulously tracking every calorie or really trying to. I think that's a bad approach. I think it's a bad strategy. I don't think it's the best way for you to maximize your enjoyment of the holidays and, uh, you know, do it the right way. I think the right way to do it is just to enjoy yourself in those moments and then spend the time outside of those moments, the time in between holiday celebrations, uh, spend that time being a bit more meticulous with things and, you know, being diligent and actually tracking things if you have a specific type of body weight or body composition goal. So wanted to make sure I got that out there. But with that being the case, uh, you know, outside of those holiday celebrations, there's going to be probably a lot of times where you're going out to dinner, going out to have, you know, food or drinks with friends because we get together with a lot of family and friends this time of year that maybe you don't see a lot. And uh, you don't want to let this entire month, month to month and a half turn into a bender and be a free for all and, you know, really lose sight of your health and fitness goals. So what we're going to talk about today in terms of how to estimate the calories in food is I'm going to break down some simple strategies you can use to to make sure that you're able to go into these meals uh, with a game plan to keep things on track, okay? And as always, we're going to try to make it simple. We're going to try to make it sustainable. And I, as always, really hope that it helps. So uh, I hope you enjoy this clip. This is a clip from a previous podcast listener Q&A that I did earlier in the year. Uh, I know that not everybody catches every single minute and second of every single podcast episode, so occasionally I like to publish these mini episodes to catch you up on some of the topics that I think uh, are the most useful, some of the things that we've talked about that could be of the biggest help to you. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, and before we dive into the clip, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe. So if you're watching the video episode of this on my YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode or another video that I post. Uh, and I got a lot of good stuff coming here throughout the end of the year and into the beginning of 2024 that you're not going to want to miss. If you are listening to the audio episodes, you can follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, like anywhere that you could listen to a podcast. 
the Chris Gates, Chris Gates Fitness Podcast is there so you can uh, subscribe. And uh, if you find this helpful, please leave a five-star rating and review because that helps the podcast get in front of more people, which is exactly what we want to do here, right? We want to make sure that people are getting the right information about fitness and health and nutrition so that you can make sustainable progress and so that other people can do the exact same thing. Very lastly, there is a link in the show notes to this episode to my mailing list. If you're not subscribed to my mailing list, you should be because that's where I go first to let people know every single piece of content that I post. Whenever I post something new, if it's a podcast episode or an article uh, or anything like exercise tutorial, strength training techniques, nutrition tips, all that good stuff, if I post something, I let my mailing list know first. And the mailing list, you know, if you look at all the social media platforms, and where you could follow me, those are great, but those are subject to the algorithm, and you may not get to see everything that I post there, but if you are subscribed to my mailing list, you will get the most helpful content that I publish, and it'll go right to your inbox so that you will actually see it. So make sure that you're subscribed. You get a bunch of free stuff uh, if you do subscribe, like a free workout program, uh, free dieting guide, free cookbook. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So make sure you're on my mailing list if uh, you haven't done that. Uh, there's a lot of value there, and uh, I would really appreciate it. Okay. I'm not going to delay any longer. Let's dive into the topic of the day, which is how to estimate the calories in food. How should I track foods with a lot of ingredients or foods that I don't personally prepare? Really, really common situation that a lot of people run into because, I mean, you like to go out and eat sometimes, right? Uh, Or maybe you're at work and somebody brings in food and you didn't prepare it. You know the food that it is, but you don't know how to track it. Or you go out to dinner Obviously, when you go out to dinner, like maybe you're at a local restaurant, their menu isn't in my fitness pal. How do you track it? So let's let's talk about this whole situation. And this whole situation comes down to the concept of estimating. Okay. Um, when you're tracking your diet to lose weight, to gain weight, whatever, maintain your weight, whatever the goal ends up being, um, you're going to have situations where you're going to have to estimate uh, because it is going to be impossible unless you never leave the house and you never and you only eat things that you personally have prepared which i don't think describes anybody really um you're going to have to understand that there're going to be these situations and that's okay and we just need to find ways to estimate and get close to what you're supposed to be eating okay uh estimating is always going to be better than not tracking at all let's say that straight up at the front here because you know, I have run into situations in the past where a client, you know, goes, ends up in a situation that we weren't expecting. Uh, he or she just ends up kind of saying like, well, I don't know how to track this, so I'm not going to try tracking at all. And then what we find is that since the day goes completely untracked or since that meal goes completely untracked, things really can spin off the rails because then you're not keeping your goals top of mind. You're not <clears throat> thinking about or visualizing what the calorie count or the, the macros look like for the meal that you're having. Um, and since it's not there in front of you, it, it like I said, spins out of control. The, the, the train goes off the track, so to speak. So estimating is always going to be better than not tracking at all because even if what you track isn't 100% accurate, it'll still probably be close if you give it an honest effort. And, and when we're estimating, if you're eating out something like that, that's what we're going for. We're we're going for the best you can do, as accurate as you possibly can. We're not going for quote unquote perfect. 
because that's not possible. Even if you know like you got a five ounce steak and had a cup of rice and a cup of broccoli at the meal that you got out at the restaurant, those are things that are super easy to track, right? Those are all one ingredient foods that are not complicated, but you don't know how much butter was added to the food that you got. You don't know the cooking oils that the chef used to prepare the food. So there's even hidden calories in there that you don't know about. So you're never going to get it 100% accurate. That's okay. We're not aiming for perfect. We're aiming for as accurate as you possibly can. And I have two main principles that I share with my clients that tend to work out pretty well. So let's dive into these principles of estimating to answer this question, which is how to track foods with either with a lot of ingredients or foods that you don't personally prepare. So number one, if you can't, when you go into MyFitnessPal and you're, you know, tracking one of these items, you want to try and find the exact thing that you're eating. If you cannot find the exact item in the food database, look for something similar. Um, and I don't know why I always go with, uh, you know, with this a lie. I know why I always go with this comparison and it's because I went to this place all the time in college. <laughs> the example I always use is like, if you have a homemade chocolate chip cookie, or if you get like a dessert, you know, get a cookie at a restaurant or something like that. Um, you're not going to be able to log or know exactly how many calories are in that chocolate chip cookie. So you go into the app and try and find one that is going to be similar to that and then log that instead. And the one I always go with is Subway because I don't know if you've ever been to Subway, but their chocolate chip cookies are fire. And if you haven't gone there to get them, don't go to Subway for subs. Go there for their cookies because they're insane. I got them all the time. Um, That's what I would do, right? So I would go in there, pick that item, plug it in. And you know what? Is it going to be 100% accurate? No, but it will, will it probably be close? Yeah. And that again is what we're aiming for. And this applies to any type of food. Um, so, you know, if you go somewhere and you get, um, I don't know, some type of like pasta dinner, or if you go out and you get Chinese food or something like, like you can go into my fitness pal or any app that you use to track your nutrition and look up that dish And if your restaurant doesn't come up, but other restaurants do, you can get a feel by looking at all of the options there for that dish that you're eating of, oh, okay, this dish at this restaurant isn't in there, but the same dish is in there for seven different restaurants. And okay, they all look like it's going to be somewhere between 500 and 700 calories. So, okay, we got a good ballpark here. Now I'm getting a better idea of what the calorie content of what I'm about to eat is. Again, it's not going to be 100% accurate, but that's close. And that takes us to number two. When in doubt, overestimate the calories that you're eating. So to go back to that example I just explained, if you have those five, six, seven options that are appearing and they seem to be between 500 and 700 calories, I want you to choose one of the ones on the higher end of that range. Because at the very, and that applies to any goal, right? At the very least, that means you're keeping your calories as controlled as you possibly can. Again, you're choosing an item that's similar. Choose the one with a higher calorie count. It's going to make sure you're not potentially under-reporting your calories. And it tends to, for anybody with any goal, work out the best. Because even if you're trying to build muscle, like, you know, if you choose something and it ends up being 100 calories off or something like that, so 
that if that means then you under ate 100 calories, that's not that big of a deal, you know? And it's better than, you know, under-reporting and then that thing ended up being several hundred calories more and then like, okay, you really overate for the day. So always, when in doubt, overestimate the calories on the thing that you track. And if you combine those two principles I just mentioned, you should be perfectly fine. That's the strategy I tend to go with. Um, now, the last thing I'll say is like, there was this element of the question where it's tracking foods with a lot of ingredients. I will say, if you are preparing the food, then you have the ability to track all those ingredients. And you should, right? You 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 should. Um, if you're serious about your goal and, and you really want to make things accurate, you should track all the ingredients. I mean, if you're making something from a recipe and all the things are listed out for you, it's as simple as like, you don't even have to do it while you're doing it, it while you're cooking, because it's in the recipe. So just log it later because it's all written out in that recipe for you. Um, it, it being a lot of work is not an excuse to not do it. It shouldn't be. So if you are preparing something that has a lot of ingredients, you should still track those ingredients because you prepared it and you know the ingredients and the amounts of them that you use. That's easy. It just takes a little bit of time. Um, but otherwise, for foods that you don't personally prepare, those principles and strategies that I just walked you through should work the vast majority of the time.